ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Ho, ho, hold on a minute. We are not child friendly. Kids, y'all need to go back to bed. Welcome to the Cheap Seats Podcast. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. I'm the big man, and he's the juice, and this is the Cheap Seats Podcast. What is up, everybody? What is going on, Juice? What's up, buddy? What's happening? I'm super excited for our show today, hey, man. I'm, I'm super, pumped. super excited. Uh, we got a very, very special guest coming on the show today, and I, I'm going to let you introduce him since uh, you were the one who reached out to him in the first place. Uh, so let's uh, pause it real quick, and we'll get him on. All right, guys. So the reason Big Man is so excited about this show is because we have got a special guest. We have five-year Army vet, a Sergeant E-5, and ammunition section chief, born and raised in the Bluegrass State, before he went overseas and became a red, white, and blue bad motherfucker. Welcome to the show, Red Leg. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Juice. Hey, big man. Thanks what, for having me today. What's up, buddy? We're, we're so excited. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, we're super excited to have you on the show today. Man, I couldn't be more excited. I appreciate you all giving me the opportunity to to share my story and what's going on in my life and, and where I've come since October. What, we're, we're super excited to have you here. Um, but while we got you here, though, we're, we're going to have you be a part of the whole show if that's okay with you man i'm down let's go all right uh well start out though uh we got any shout outs guys juice you got any shout outs uh nah we'll keep them my normal what about you red lake you got any shout outs i have a special shout out today and that shout out goes to kentucky state senate president robert stivers okay and his uncanny ability to ignore the will of the people in the state of Kentucky, the research and the polls that show medicinal cannabis is supported by 80% of the state. Yeah, I don't know we anybody that's against this. it. No. I don't know anybody that's against it. Um, I did a poll on Facebook. Had got a pretty large following, a lot of friends. Did a poll on Facebook, a couple hundred votes. Um, there were yes votes. At about 97%. Um, those yes votes included doctors, oh, yeah. hospital administrators, uh, a former CEO of a hospital, and several ministers in this state. Right. Uh, you and I talked yesterday, you know, uh, and I told you, like, really the first story that I had seen was uh, the little girl with epilepsy. Uh, and they made a, Charlotte, a, a yes. special, yeah, Charlotte, uh, and they made a special strain for her called Charlotte's Web, um, and, and and it worked amazing for her. She had epi- severe epilepsy, and they tried everything with her, um, and, and nothing was really working until she had the medical cannabis. Um, right. And once she started taking it, uh, she she was able to lead it 
live a, a, a normal life. Um, you know, so, and, and that's all I want to do, guys. I just want to live a normal life. That, that I suffer is... from severe PTSD. You know, I have anxiety that's that's out of this world. I deal with depression. Um, guys, it's the medicines that I was taking left me in a fog every day. Right. I was right. taking six thousand two hundred pills a year. Yeah, you and I talked about that. Yeah, I mean, I took more. My grandfather has passed away, but I took more pills as a 30-year-old man than he took as an 80-year-old man. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That Wow, that's that's crazy. Um, so, guys, if you uh, haven't figured it out yet, uh, Red Leg's on the show here because he's an advocate for PTSD and uh, medical cannabis. Um, and we're going to give him the floor here in just a little bit to state his issues and tell us a little more about his story. Um, but right now we're going to get into, uh, our, uh, our regular show. I got a little shout out real quick. Um, uh, again, all the road crews and emergency responders who's been out here during the winter storms here in Kentucky. Um, we thank you guys. So keep doing what you're doing. I, I know it's hard. Um, and I know you're dealing with a lot of stuff, but keep doing what you're doing. Cause we definitely thank you. <clears throat> So guys, you can uh, reach the show here on uh, Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. Apple Podcast, Anchor. Yeah, uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Cheap Seats Pod One. Uh, like us and share us on Facebook at the Cheap Seats Podcast. Um, let's get this episode, especially this episode, let's get it out there to the the mass. Yeah, if you're gonna share one, share this one. This, this is it right here. Uh, so let's let's get into our uh, regular segment of news time real quick, guys. News, fresh news, news time. <laughs> if you heard Juice there, uh, Red Leg, he's uh, he's our uh, special effects guy. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, I'm the special you. effects guy every time. Yeah, <laughs> for some segments, I should say. Well, I've been listening to you guys for ever since we made contact with each other. And yeah, this, this is nothing new for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into it then, guys. Uh, the Eagles have traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I know we're not going to get into it too much here, Juice, because you know I'm right and you're wrong. But uh, the Eagles uh, got a third round pick in 2021 and a conditional second-round pick that could turn into a first-round pick. Um, and I I really think this is the best they could have asked, or the best they could have got. I really I really do. Well, we can talk about it again next week, but you have the right to be wrong, yeah. as usual. Um, but no, the Eagles got trade-raped on this. And, yeah. And I mean, uh, I realize that. I don't think they got trade right because you don't know what you're going to get with Wentz. Are you going to get the 2016 version or are you going to get uh, last year's version? Well, I mean, technically, I can say you don't know what you're going to get with Matthew Stafford. I can say you don't know if he's going to uh, go over the hill this year and and you're you know this is going to be the last year where he's even halfway effective, and you just gave up the farm for him. It, so if but you. But you got to think when they gave up the farm, they were also giving away that that big ass contract that Jared Goff had, um, right? And that that was part that 
that was an NBA trade. Well, and part of it is Philadelphia's giving up the big contract to Wentz, right? Because they have Hurts in place. So but with 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 this trade with the Eagles, they they got, they got the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history, and didn't get a fucking um, thing to show for it. Uh, well. We'll see about that. I mean, I think it's the best they could have got, got in my opinion, because everybody knew Wentz wanted out of there. Um, Red Lake, you got any thoughts on that at all? Just with Wentz, I mean, you don't know if you're going to get the guy that, like you said, the guy from 2016, or you get a guy that shows up to training camp, gets hurt, and doesn't play a down. Right, he has a right. history of he has a history of injury. Right. Yeah, he does. He's he's not a young guy either. Right, but but my biggest thing is look at the quarterback market, and like I said, what Stafford was giving up for, who's six, seven years older than Wentz? He is. He's thirty-one years. He's thirty-two years old. Yeah, and then Wentz is twenty-seven. Seven, twenty-six. Twenty-six. He's twenty-six. He'll be twenty-seven He'll by be the time the season by starts. Season. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you look at the market of and the value that teams are putting on quarterbacks and what everybody's giving up for quarterbacks. All right. You get a third round pick. That's obscured. Let like, me let me ask you this though. You're not just getting a third round pick. You're also getting, uh, you're also getting uh, um, uh, possibly a first round pick. Possibly, and possibly, and and if he can start the whole season and still suck, right? Got and to, that's how it give, goes to a first, right? He got to, but he's got to start the whole season. Um. And they ain't so, been a quarterback traded that didn't let me involve ask multiple this. first what, round picks. Which quarterback would you rather have, Carson Wentz or Matthew Stafford? Right now, right now, I'd rather have Stafford. Right, I'm not trying to argue that. Okay, I would rather have Watson than I would Wentz. So you would give up more for Stafford than you would Wentz? No, I'd give yeah. up about the same thing. All the right. market's still quarterbacks, and I still and I know I get six more years out of Wentz. And I know everybody's waiting on the on the Watson domino to fall. But I don't think that's going to happen until after the draft. So if you're if, if you're banking on trying to get picks for this draft, you better do do what your trades can get, and you better. And I think the Eagles, because everybody knew Wentz wanted out of there, so they weren't going to right, give well, up. I mean, everybody knows Watson picks. wants out of there too, right? Like, right, but you telling me that they? But they, the market is a lot more hot for Watson than it is right. For which was Wentz. my point. So you just wait until Watson's deal. And then everybody that didn't win the Watson sweepstakes turns to Wentz. Uh, I see your point, but I think they just wanted to get Wentz out of there because it was, you know, affecting the whole organization. I think if I'm going to take that big of a cap hit, I'm going to hold off until I get a deal yeah. where quarterback market is equaled. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys know what a dead cap hit means, but basically you're 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 paying a guy that's not there. You're paying. You can't spend that money on cap. anybody else, right? And he's not even on your roster. So. All right. Well, let's get off of this because we can talk all day about yeah, this. Yeah, I'll juice. argue with you next week about uh, this. So the Eagles, also, they're getting ready to release uh, Zach Ertz and uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and they already released Deshaun Jackson. That's cap casualties. Uh, do you think these got? Do you think they're getting ready to do a little rebuild? Oh, it's a complete blow it up, build it up from the ground. Do you, do you think they're going to bring in the... another quarterback to compete with Hertz? <sighs> It depends on who's there when they draft. All right. Uh, but yeah, you uh, head coach is gone, Ertz is gone, Wentz is gone, Jeffrey's gone. Who else do you say? 
Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's yeah. gone. Yeah, like it's it's a complete tear it down to the studs and rebuild it. Yeah, I think it's what they're getting ready to do. Uh, and they're going to see what Jalen Hurts uh, does yeah. next season, see if he's the answer. And if there's somebody in the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if they take him. But I mean, I think it's it's Hurts' job until he proves otherwise. Right. For until right somebody now, somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you still there with us, Red Lake? I haven't gone anywhere. All right, all right, all right. We just want to keep you active here. So, uh, Notre Dame uh, will not be participating in EA Sports uh, football game or the football game until uh, uh, likeness rules is set for the school. See, red leg, there's no need to be difference. Fucking big man stumbles through words all the time. There's no need to be nervous. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm not <laughs> even nervous. I just stumble sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Notre Dame is uh, not going to be in the game for the new EA Sports uh, NCAA football game uh, coming up, and I guess, until uh, the rules yeah, so, are set for the school. Um, so I've been following this closely. Like, I'm the millennial around here i don't know what you are red leg but i'm a millennial um but so i've been following this game release because this is this is big news for me in my world um but yeah they're not going to be in it and really i don't know if you know this or not but um uk has not made a decision on whether they're going to be a part of this game or not they are currently reviewing ea's offer but they haven't signed on to be in the game yet but they haven't rejected the offer yet either so kind of kentucky's in the air too so they're reviewing it right now yes okay uh red leg what do you think about the, all this is it a college football game without yeah. notre dame one of the premier football teams in one all of the college blue bloods. Football. that's definitely the, yeah i mean it is the blue bloods you yeah. know i have i have 10 friends here in kentucky that aren't aren't kentucky football fans sure they root for them but they root harder for Notre Dame than they do Kentucky basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's no. almost a re- Notre Dame football is almost a religion to them. Yeah, it's definitely probably one of it's it's at least one of the top five biggest brands in college football, and right now football is kind of king in the United States in general. So, um, yeah, without Notre Dame, that's a that's a big hit to EA and the selling point because I know all kinds of people that probably I can't play as Notre Dame. Well, why the hell do I want to play it? Like, yeah, I'm, my buddies, you know, my buddies aren't gonna play, aren't gonna buy the game if they can't play with their team. Right, it's just not gonna happen. Right, right. So yeah, you know, and if Kentucky's not on the game, I'm not playing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be like me. Not you know, if Ohio State wasn't on, of course they're gonna have Ohio State on it. But if they weren't gonna be on it, no way I'd buy the game. All right, uh, so guys, uh, here in just a, a couple weeks. The uh, SEC, well, all the conference championships are going to be starting. Um, yeah, but the SEC is really the only one that matters. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> say, we'll, we'll see about that. But anyways. Uh, Look, ain't nobody fans of those worthless nuts. Hey, <laughs> hey now. I, I love you, brother, but, but you know, you can't be talking bad about my Buckeyes, man. Well, why I do it every Buckeyes. week. <laughs> What's the definition of a Buckeye? It's a worthless hey, nut. Get out of here with this. It's, po- need... it's poisonous. Yeah, I was about to say, can you need a Buckeye? It's like, poisonous. What good's a Buckeye? It's worthless. If you, if you eat it, it'll kill you. We're stealthy like that. <laughs> All right. So, 
with the SEC coming up, we're going to talk about the SEC because I brought you in and you're an SEC boy, so we'll talk about it. Uh, what do you expect in the tournament? What do you expect to happen? Um, what tournament are we talking about? The, the SEC, SEC conference, conference tournament. That's the that's the only tournament right now that we're even going to come close to qualifying for, and you're yeah. automatically in. Right, that. So, right. Um, the way they look right now, if they are consistent for the next two games and they win these, and they manage to get through the SEC tournament and win the thing, I think that's their only shot to the NCAA tournament. If they don't win three games in the SEC tournament, they don't even qualify for the NIT. So this is the worst year of Kentucky basketball, well, I mean, ever probably, right. or since the 20s, but in my lifetime. Right. And it's, yeah, I was about to say, at least it's a shock I remember. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while. I mean, I remember back the, the Nerland's Noel year. This the, is worse. That year, yeah. I this mean, is worse. This is worse. Yeah, I mean, Nerland's, Nerland's Noel year, that made me sick, but we knew what was going to happen. Right. This team is is full of four stars and five stars, and, and I don't know what the issue is. They can't get it together for 40 minutes of basketball night in and night out like Cal's teams always have. You know, don't get me wrong. I bleed blue through and through when they lose. I'm hurt when they win. I'm elated. But this year, just I'm chalking it up to COVID. Well, yeah, that's the yeah. biggest problem is you've had – you, this is the youngest team Kentucky has had since Calipari started. Um, he's always had at least one upperclassman that has been there and done that. And really, I mean, the closest thing he's got this year is a sophomore. Uh, as far yeah, as not a grad transfer, like says, even grad transfers, you're still trying to learn the system. The, there was no off season. The only off season that he had was individual workouts. So these guys had no time together uh, in the off season to practice and kind of get acquainted and not be the star. It's all individual drills. So they're still the star in those. Um, and then you had the, the COVID outbreak that kind of canceled a couple games when they kind of got rolling a little bit, they were starting to look good. And then a couple games get canceled and you got to take two weeks off with where you're not even allowed to practice. So, You've got that going on. Like, it's been an extraordinarily frustrating year. Um, but I think you can find... That's an understatement. Yeah, you can find reasons why, but I'm, I'm telling you, they better get it going next year because, for one, Kentucky fans are tired of not winning national championships. Um, yeah, but it's, Cal's it's, buyout right now is $52 million. Next After next year, it's $40 million. They'll find that money. He's not going anywhere. They'll find that money. If they want him out, they'll find that money. Let me ask you guys something uh, real quick. How up? I don't want him out. Don't, much don't longer, take him wrong. No, I don't How either. much longer will, you, will, will Coach Cal uh, stay at UK? How much longer do you think he'll coach? My biggest thing has been there's not been a coach make it past 10 years at the University of Kentucky did, I think Cal will be your first. Did, well, I think he's play. already past 10, ain't he? He started yeah, in, he's, I think he's, in 10. This, yeah, I he, believe he this is. is. He started in 2009. Yeah. You know, and so just the fact that he's made it this long blows my mind. I can't remember if... Um, really, he's I know, the best coach they've had since Rick Patino. Well, I know Adolph Rupp made it past 10 years. I'm trying to think if... Um, 
think Joby was. A yeah, Joby yeah. might have made it more than ten, but after that, nobody's made it. I, I think Joby was the last one to make yeah. it past ten years. Pretty sure. So you look at that state in general. Like I'm, I've been waiting on him to kind of say he's retiring. He looks a lot older. Like you can tell that these last ten or eleven years have taken a real toll on him between the stress of the well, they, job and they age you. They age. Coaching at Kentucky ages you like being the president yeah. of the United States. Yeah, I was about to I say mean, the closest like thing to it is is yeah, being it's the president. Like three years for every one year of your life. Yeah, you it's know. insane to watch coaches when, Cal, when they come in. Well, when Cal says you people are crazy, he ain't lying. We're all nuts. No, it, it is. It's but it's the only thing that this state has to hang its hat on. You look at Ohio. You've got the Browns. You've got the Indians. You've got the Bengals, which you really can't. Raise your hand. Wait, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute, guys. You guys got the uh, Northern Kentucky Reds as well. No, we don't. That's yeah, Cincinnati. That, that's, you got that. That's Kentucky, though. No, it's not. So, but you have pro teams almost in every other state that has a predominant college program. The state of Kentucky, that's all we have. Some, who's your favorite baseball team, Juice? The Cincinnati Reds. Who's your favorite baseball team, Red Lake? Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that's my favorite baseball <laughs> team now. I was I was born and raised an Atlanta Braves. Fan. I am an Atlanta Braves fan. Yes, sir. I love you even more, buddy. I'm so glad you said that. You well, so, you shocked me, dude. Chipper Jones was. I yes, sir. Let's, let's be real. I had Chipper Jones posters on my wall. I was the, a baseball player. The greatest. That was. The greatest third know, baseman of all time. He big man. I asked greatest me switch one hitter of for all sure, time. For sure. Oh, yeah. Easy. No, Easy King Griffey Jr. is the switch hitter. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. You know. Anyways. So, right. uh, yeah, big yeah. man asked me one day. He said, why do you think I'm an Atlanta Braves fan? I said, Chipper Jones. He said, how do you know that? I said, that's why everybody's yeah. an Atlanta Braves fan. I mean, that, that not, they had the killer, you know, killer pitching staff. I mean. Well, but before 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 Chipper Jones, though, you had Dale Murphy. Yeah, I like Dale was, Murphy. That was my guy growing up. Fred McGriff. You know, Fred McGriff, the big dog. Yeah. yeah. The crime, the crime dog. dog. Yeah, I love Fred, Fred McGriff. David Justice. I love those guys. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Wohler's the best closer that I've ever seen in my life. You know, the hardest throwing closer. I'm sorry. Not best, I, but. I like John Smoltz as a closer better than I did as a starter. Well, I mean, he he brought fire. He was nasty at the closer. So, yeah, he was. All right. Uh, <laughs> so what. What's the what does UK guys? What do you think they need to do to make the tournament to make the big dance? They got to win it all. They got to win the SEC tournament. Yeah, there's no way other than winning the SEC tournament. They're not going to get in on their I mean, name this year. All right, unless unless they do the NCAA tournament does something like the NIT and they take extra teams, maybe you know, maybe kind of like how in case, the in NCAA case made a pass with the bowl games, you didn't have to have six wins as well. Well, and and if if they do something like that, I like Kentucky's chances. But I haven't heard anything out of the NCAA that leads me to believe that they're going to do anything like that. So I mean, they're seven and seven in conference. They're eight and thirteen overall right now. They're the AC going into the SEC tournament. I don't or going into the final two games. They're sitting at, at the eighth spot right now. Right. So and I mean, the best that they're going to end up is I think sixth. I don't have the standings right in front of me, but still yet. I mean, yeah, they have to win the tournament. 
they have to. There's no way around it, I don't think. Yeah, there's there's no way, like I said, there's no way into the tournament unless the NCAA decides to take a few extra teams in case a team comes down with COVID. Of course, you're going to bring Kentucky. Oh, let me you're ask gonna you. You're going to bring that name. You're going to bring. You're going to bring those eyeballs and that money. Let me raise. Let me raise this question real quick with you. Uh, say they do that route and UK gets in like that. We'll say UK gets. We'll just say UK goes on a run and they win a national championship. I mean, I don't see it happening, but say it does. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't that, know what planet that, you're on, you, but right. I'm just I'm saying we'll, we'll just say for the the sake of argument, we'll just say that. Uh, would you put an asterisk behind that championship? Uh, yeah, I would, and I would say it's the greatest comeback in Kentucky sports history. <laughs> possibly oh yeah, de- definitely. History. I mean, it would That's be what historic. That asterisk is for. But I, you know, I give the, the asterisk story ever with with the whole. You well, know, let me put this. They shouldn't have been in in the first place. Well, let me put this on you. Would uh, if Ohio State would have won the national championship, would you have put an asterisk on it? This last year? Yeah, this year. No, and I'll tell well, you why. I'll tell you why. No, they I'll, they I'll didn't win you. enough games to qualify for a bowl. Yeah, they, they did. Been yeah, in. they did. They won seven games. Yeah, when they when they changed the rule. Oh, they won. Well, that they changed the rule for everybody though. Yeah, but they changed the rule. That, the Big Ten changed the rule to get into the Big Ten championship game. But they changed that for everybody, and all they did just went out. Well, they'd be changing the rule for everybody here, in this instance. Right. So well, why would I'm, you put an asterisk on it? They still won it. I wouldn't because everybody's at the same playing field. They. You, UK shouldn't have been in, is what I'm saying. You well, I'd make the argument that Ohio Buckeye, State shouldn't have been in it. No, they should have been in. They should have, because they were the second best team in the nation. No, I said I could have made the argument. I didn't I, say I was going to. I it said wouldn't I have been could. a very good argument. We'll just say that. All right. All right, guys. Make sure you guys are listening to the show on um, you done did that. Our, our platform. I'm doing it again. I want to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> well, if they're listening to this show, they know where to find well, us. If they want you need to be plugging Twitter and Facebook, and they found they found you somewhere if they're yeah. listening. Yeah. Uh, well, follow us on Twitter. Cheap Seats on, Pod uh, One. Cheap Seats Pod One. Find us on Facebook at the Cheap Seats Podcast. Uh, like us, share us, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you get this episode out. Uh, I just want to make sure everybody knows that. <laughs> All right, Um, so now we're going to get into the big issues here, and we're going to give the floor to uh, uh, Red Leg, and we're going to talk about his story. So, uh, Red Leg, we are eager to hear your story, bud. So So let's start. Did did you join straight out of high school? I joined right after. Well, I was actually joined the reserves my senior year of high school just before 9-11 and i stayed in the reserves hey that's when i'm getting married not... by the way oh really just side note i'm gonna get married on 9-11 would... hopefully i don't ever forget my uh anniversary well yeah we let's hope not that's um, that's all the reason i'm getting married on that day <laughs> well good for you because <laughs> i tell you what I, there may come a time in my life that i'll forget my anniversary and I'll be in the doghouse like everybody else. It, it's happened to me already, uh, but but I was just lucky enough that she forgot as well. Oh, you lucky! Oh bastard. yeah, yeah. You both forgot to Yeah, we that we were one. I think it was like our our seventh year. We've been married. I've been married for twelve, going on twelve years now, uh, and 
we we both forgot. We were really busy at the time, and we just happened to forget. Okay, anyway, so you joined the reserve your senior year of high school. Yeah, I stayed in the reserves. I didn't stay very long. I was not happy there. It was not what I thought it thought it was going to be. And I decided to get a release to active duty. I joined active duty in 2002 and became a multiple launch rocket systems crew member solely on the fact that they were going to give me $14,000 in an enlistment bonus and send me to Germany. You know, here I am a kid that grew up in Kentucky in the hills of Kentucky and you're going to send me to a foreign country and give me 14 grand. Let's go. Yeah. That seems pretty cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't stay in Germany very long. We got, we got orders to go to Iraq. We went to, got, went to Kuwait. And then at the beginning of the war, we went forward and our mission was to get to the airport. We guarded the airport from looters while we were there. Um, we left all of our multiple launch rocket systems. We left all of our launchers in Kuwait, and we basically became infantry. We okay. we went and picked up uh, enemy ammunition caches all over Baghdad, all over Iraq. Um, we kicked in doors looking for insurgents, looking for weapons. Um, we patrolled um, several different zones, zone 60, zone 58. Uh, from the airport, we moved over to a place called Fob Falcon. Sodder City was then our patrol zone, and I, you know, the right. zone that we conducted raids, and it was our area of operation. And you know, some of the worst days of my life happened in Iraq, losing brothers. Right. But some right. of the best days of my life happened in Iraq, building that brotherhood with these guys. Right. You know, I stayed in the army until 2006, shortly after I had a heart attack. I had a heart attack. I had bacterial myocarditis that caused me to have a heart attack. Uh, right. It ended my career. I at, was At what age was that when you had the heart attack? I forgot to ask was, you that. I was 23 years old. Oh my goodness. I was I the best shape of my life. Actually, I was I was in the middle of a six-mile PT run with my soldiers on a Thursday. It was Sergeant's Time PT. Normally, we didn't do a whole lot for Sergeant's Time PT. I kind of let the guys rest. They had really made me mad the day before, so I said, we're running (laughs) six-mile loop today. Welcome to Sergeant's Time PT. We're running six-mile loop. Um, And then you drop of a heart attack. (laughs) Well, that that really might have been a bad decision because it's a three-mile pole. I went down, and that right. was it. Wow. You know, I woke up in the back of a van headed to the hospital. So where are you at I that point? There. I was in Fort Sill, Oklahoma at that point. Okay. Fort and Bill, right. Yeah, that's where I went to. We deployed to Iraq from Germany. I went back to Germany for a few months, and then I PCS, which is I changed my duty station to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and you know, I was pending another deployment. So did you I, ever find out exactly what happened? Like, did you boys pick you up or did they call the ambulance for the right there? Or? Well, actually, there was there was no ambulance involved in that. Um, during PT, you have soldiers that block off intersections. 
Okay. So, so units can, you know, other soldiers can run on the streets and certain intersections are blocked. And there's usually a van or a Humvee or something there with that soldier. And luckily it wasn't far past one of those intersections and they went and got somebody to take me to the hospital. There wasn't any time to wait for an ambulance. Okay. I got you. Wow. You know, I was, man, I was, like I said, I was in the best shape of my life. And I mean, they said I hit the ground like a ton of bricks. So and I told them, I said, I'm going down and the lights went out. So with the heart attack, was, was this brought on by, <coughs> excuse me, by, by, uh, some of your PTSD that you, uh, was experiencing stress related, maybe, um, you know, I really no, it wasn't. I had I had contracted somehow bacterial myocarditis. Okay. And that is that is what caused my heart attack. It's the bacterial infection that causes inflammation of the muscle in your heart. And, and that's and, that's something that you that you uh more than likely yeah, well, caught over in, in Iraq, I take it. Um the nobody will admit that that's where I caught it. Right. Um there were five or six guys in my unit from Iraq that we all had the same thing. Okay. Mine was just caught. Well, mine never got diagnosed. I didn't have a symptom one until boom, heart attack. Right. Right. Until the lights went out. So, right. Yeah. I mean, the lights went out and I wake up in the back of a van. <laughs> okay. Like, um, I don't know what's wrong with me. Right. So since, uh, you've been back from, uh, off of, off duty, um, You've uh, retired, officially retired, correct? I am, yes, I'm retired due to the fact that I'm 100% disabled through the VA for PTSD. I have some orthopedic issues and obviously my heart issue. Right. But the the main thing that's wrong is is PTSD. I have anxiety issues. I have depression issues as well. And, you know, and, uh, and tell us again... Uh, you were you were on medication and how many pills were you taking per year i was taking 6200 pills a year that's what 6200 pills a year how many is that per day um figure that up dustin about 18 about 18 pills a day something like that 18 19 yeah pills a day, i couldn't match how many days are in a year 365 yeah, so yeah, that's about right 17 at 17 pills. pills a day. Yeah, that that I Did you just imagine. ask how many days are in a year? Yeah, I'm a millennial, okay? <laughs> I can't. My goodness. <laughs> Whoa. You got to, you know. He, I was 13 when you had your heart attack. Like, oh, well, okay, I get it. I get it. You're 13. He, Help me out here. The, the, he, stuff that you, the stuff that you read about in your history book from Iraq, I was. You were doing. I get it. Yeah, yeah I was, <laughs> you were living that. in your history books, man. <laughs> right. Well, we man, we here at now. the show. I think I can speak for Juice here, and uh, I I'm pretty sure I can speak for all our listeners out there. We we definitely thank you for your services that and your sacrifices that you uh, made for us to protect our country and serve our country, and uh, we think you deserve the very best. Oh, one hundred percent. So, man, I'm gonna tell you, I gave, I gave the very best of me because serving this country was the has been the greatest honor of my life. Oh, you know, and I'm glad to hear you say I'm that. That's kind of why I'm here doing what 
Well, that's kind of what I'm, why I'm here doing what I'm doing is as a service to, to my fellow veterans and, and my, my fellow Kentuckians that could greatly benefit. Okay. Uh, so you, you currently now are, uh, you medicate on medicinal cannabis. Um, I'm a medicinal cannabis from another state that borders Kentucky. Okay. You know? Okay. So tell us okay. about that. Where, um, where are we at with that? Back in, back in October, October 15th, I had to leave the state to go to a funeral for one of my brothers that died that I served with in Germany and Iraq. Okay. Several of them all lived in the same town there i think there were five of them that joined the army together on the buddy program okay and we all saw the same stuff we all went through the same stuff they have the same issues that i have but they also but the one thing that they had that i don't have was a different option and i went up there to that funeral and these guys had been heavily medicated like i was you know they had walked around in a fog and a haze every day. And in their state, medicinal cannabis was passed. Well, when I went up there for the funeral buddy of mine, he just asked me, he said, are you tired of taking pills? And I said, I am. He said, well, let me get you something. And he gave me some medicinal cannabis. So October 16th, I quit taking every pill that I had. I went from 6,200 pills a year to one plant. Not one only plant, were, fellas, not only you were, plant. that's crazy. Not only did you go, go from 6,200 pills a year, you, you were also taking off a CPAP machine, right? I, I have, let's go into to the benefits. Okay, that hit me. Those 6,200 pills a year couldn't give me. Okay. Since October 16th, I have lost 60 pounds. I went from 250 pounds to 190 pounds, roughly, give or take a few, depending on what day it is. Right. Um, I'm strapped to was strapped to a CPAP machine. I had high blood pressure. I have early onset non-aggressive dementia as diagnosed by the vocational rehab program here in the state of Kentucky. Wow. Um, and I took pills to counteract, counteract the side effects of other pills. Wow. But when I put, when I threw those pill bottles away and I said, no more, I started to, vape medicinal cannabis and it's not all day long it's not every day it's not all day long every day it's it's maybe 10 hits off a vape pen a day right it's you know it's not thousands of synthetically created lab created chemicals that i'm piping into my body and, and it's a plant that grows right. naturally in the state mind you right and I, I can imagine you were probably when you were on the pills, you were probably constantly in a a a, a fog of, in life. Uh, oh, I walked around. Yes, I walked around in a fog. I couldn't you imagine know, living life like that. You know, I had to carry I had to carry a bottle of pills in my pocket or in my car. I had to have my fiance carry a bottle of anxiety medicine in her purse. 
I don't do that anymore. That's all. I don't have to do that anymore. Right, and and you're not walking around high as a kite either. I can tell you that I have a better quality of life than any time since before my heart attack in 2005. We're we're so glad to hear that. Um, and 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 people here, especially people here in the state, um. If you're not on board with this, you need to get on board. You need to do your do research. Do your research, yeah. Uh, this you know, I, this I man deserves to be happy. He deserves to be to live his life the way he wants to live. He served his country, and he deserves to be happy and live his life. We we need to give it to him. And guys. if I'm not mistaken, this is the prior to the medical cannabis. This this is the things that you were going through. This is a pretty common thing. Yes, this right? is this is prior to all of that. You know, and the issue is, is it's not about me being happy because I'm a pretty happy person anyway. Right. It's about me being healthy. It's about my quality of life. Right. Being on a sustainable level. You know, I'm five foot ten. There is there's nobody in this world that will tell you that 250 pounds is healthy. No, not a five. They'll tell you that 190 pounds is definitely a lot healthier than 250. Oh, absolutely. Just the not having to pack that extra weight around on your knees and your back is worth the benefit of that. Right. Yeah. And and I'm an old army guy, you know, I'm an old field artillery guy. Our knees and our back they're shot are anyways. Probably six yeah, I mean probably sixty year olds. Yeah. Our knees and back are shot. You know, wow. I was in physical therapy until COVID started for my back. So you know, so with the issues here in the state of it not being legal, uh, what are some of the things we can do to, uh, you know, obviously being on the show, but what are some of the things we can do to help the issue? But here, I'll give you a couple phone numbers. Uh, Senate President Robert Stivers, we mentioned him earlier. You shouted um, him out, right. I did shout him out. His phone number at the state capitol is 502-564-3120. Call his office and implore him to pass Senate Bill 92. I don't I don't really care if he votes yes or no on it. I would love for him to vote yes. I just want him to put it to the floor for a vote. Right. Because I know I've done the tally. I've been on this issue for a long time. The votes in the Senate are there. The votes in the House to pass this are there. This is a personal issue. And they don't for- want to introduce it. They don't want to send it to a committee. Right. To have a hearing in a committee and pass it through committee so it can get to the floor. So once once it does get presented, we get a bunch say we get a bunch of people to call and it does get presented. How many votes do we need? Um it doesn't matter really matter how many we need. We have what we already have what we need. The yes votes are there. Right. I guarantee you if it was put on the floor tomorrow. I was about to say our current governor Senate. said that he was pro oh, med- med- yeah. medicinal use anyways, right? Our former governor was for it. The only issue that he had with it was the way they taxed it. Right. You know, and he and I had conversations about this issue. You know, he was a veteran himself. He understands the the good that can come from it. But so, you know, and to give Governor Bashir credit, he supports this, too. 
um, he's different on this issue because he wants to tax it. Right. You know, and and honestly, I I can go either way on taxing it. You know, I'm fine if you don't tax it on the consumer end. I'm fine if you tax it at the state tax level on the consumer end. Many states tax medicinal cannabis on the consumer end. Right. And that's okay. You know, they don't tax Lortabs and opiates and all of that stuff. They don't tax any other prescription yeah. medicine. But that tax would – the tax is worth it for me to be able to maintain my current quality of life. Right. Yeah, you'd, you would legally be able to do it within the state. And not have jumped through hoops. Right. right? You know, I, I run the risk every time that I go out of this state to pick up medicine recognized by 36 states in this country that's crazy something that's considered medicine by 36 other states in this country the state of kentucky wants to put me in jail for which and think about think about where we're at with that that's you know that's crazy that's and even thinking about it from the state's level like the rate that we can even produce cannabis to provide not only to residents of our state for medicinal use, but other states. but other states as well. No, like, right? I but mean, the thing about it is, is the perfect climate to grow tobacco in was Kentucky. It's the same for medicinal cannabis. Yeah, it's that's why that's why we're growing fields and fields of hemp in this con- in this state. Yeah, it grows better it, here than it does anywhere else in the country. I mean, correct. Right. You know, and and there's an issue of, you know, there's the federal issue of if it's grown in Kentucky, it can't be sold to Ohio. It can't be sold to Tennessee because there's federal law. It's still federally prohibited. Right. You know, and But you and, can't even sell it to another state if it's legal in the no, other state for medicinal no, use? No. It cannot. No, it cannot. Okay. It cannot, it cannot cross, cross state, state lines. lines. Okay, right. I didn't know Crossing that. Crossing state uh, lines. So that's is, another is issue. Uh, it, it Not only do we, you know, definitely need to try to get it passed here within the state, but we need to start making noise on a national level as well, getting it introduced as a bill. Um and it gets this th- thing passed that way every state in the in the union can get it. Well, I'll put this into a little perspective for you. If they were to introduce a constitutional amendment to end the prohibition of medicinal cannabis in this country, enough states already have it on the books as law, it would be ratified. Yeah. And it would be quickly. legal countrywide. Right. That could help that many more of your brothers and sisters, like my brothers and sisters, my fellow Kentuckians, my fellow Americans. It would help, but that tells you, Kentucky seems to be, for some reason or another, the last one at the table. They always have. This is not an issue that we need to be the last ones at the table with, because Kentucky has a very high veterans population. Yeah, that's true. I'm. I'm one of thousands in this state, thousands that this one plant can help. And, and guys, you know, we talk about Kentucky being so far behind, and you wouldn't think of, you know, something like that, you know, considering that this is the bourbon state. And, you know, we, 
we were, you know, producing bourbon even during, you know, the prohibition. Uh, yeah, our bourbon distilleries right. had licenses to produce medicinal bourbon. Right. So I think mean, about that within the state. That's correct. So I mean, why can't we have medicinal, you know, cannabis? Well, right? and the, the biggest thing, because I've been on this forefront for quite a while myself. Um, I think the biggest problem that we have is what I like to call old whites um, that are in control of things. Um, but it's it's hard to break an initial um, or a, a first impression. Uh, would you agree with that, Red Leg? Yeah, I mean, first impressions are, that's generally the impression that I carry of you for forever right you know, and right. that first impression the first impression of of cannabis was not really that great for right. a lot of and, its people and and the first impression it isn't medical cannabis no it was medical marijuana yeah whenever you say it like that used, like it's it's got a, a a bad stigma to it so you know well, you corrected us earlier uh, uh you know we we called it medical marijuana uh but you you corrected us it is medical cannabis because that's what it is. But back then, I mean, it wasn't used exactly for medical benefits. Right. Like, we weren't it using is. it for medical benefits then. And you know, it's I'm hard to break here. that stigma. I'm not here advocating for recreational cannabis. No, we're strictly talking medical use. Right, right. I'm, I'm all about medicinal because, it, and I'm going to tell you, I used to be a skeptic until I wasn't more. Right. And, until I saw the effects and the changes that it had on my life. Personally, I mean, my personal relationships with people are better. My my physical health is measurably better. I right. step on the scale and do it all the time. Right, you and know, that, that's just, where I'm kind of going with this is, is I think the biggest thing that we need to work on is breaking that initial stigma and that initial um, introduction that some of these people – that are kind of in control of things have we, on it. We don't want it here just so we can go get stoned. We we want it here in the state so people like yourself and uh, can and thousands of others and thousands of others can get the same get thousands benefit. and same thousands benefit. of people. Right. Uh, you know, Kentucky and, is the center of the opioid epidemic. Yes, it is. One and, of the major things that cannabis can replace. Are opiates. Yeah, and I can yeah. remember with, when I along was, with antipsychotics like I was taking at high doses. Yeah. I can remember when I was um vacationing uh probably I was either late middle school or early high school. We took a vacation to Florida and I can remember a billboard when we crossed into Florida that said go home pillbillies. And it was referring to people from Kentucky going to the state of Florida to get more opioids. Right. Oh um, yeah. So, yeah, if we can – that's something that they all preach about wanting to get rid of. Like, this is the route to do it. Yes, it is. I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, I I have a family who's uh, been addicted to opioids, um, and I know they live in a bordering state that uh, is legal medically, and they are no longer on opioids, and – uh, they are they medicate with medicinal cannabis 
So you know, you you can't throw a rock in the state of Kentucky just about without hitting somebody that knows somebody or has personally been affected yeah, themselves that made by that opioid yeah. abuse. Yeah. Hurts a lot you of know, families. I don't, I don't know anybody in the state or anybody, period, that has lost their family because of medicinal cannabis. But I do because of opioids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, well, we definitely want to thank you, uh, Red Lake, for coming on here and uh, raising the issues here in the state. Um, and and we want to do everything we can to get it out there and try to move the needle just a little bit on this, if we can. I mean, uh, that's what I'm here to do. You know, this is not this is this is a cause that I have supported forever. It's not a cause that I've always championed. Um, I told you yesterday, this is the first time that I have publicly told my story to masses. And and that's because there's no there's no issue right now in this state that's more near and dear to my heart because it saved my life. You're living it. It's it's given me more of a life than I've had in right. you know, fifteen years plus. Well, I don't think there's a bigger issue in the state, period. I mean, not even, I mean, just everything that we talked about, the uh, incredibly high veteran rate that we have in this state, uh, the opioid pandemic that we have that we're at the forefront of in the country. The This uh, is ground zero. Yeah, and this is not even like, um, not even just veterans, but there's plenty of people I know. I'm fr originally from southeastern Kentucky, um, where poverty is extremely high, uh, which leads to depression issues, which leads to all kinds of of problems that can lead right into, and, and opioids especially are a big problem down there as well, uh, which was the main reason that my mother moved us up here where we're currently located. Um, and medicinal cannabis can help a lot of people that not only veterans, but just people in general that are battling depression and all these other issues cancer. yeah cancer and, patients you know, i mean i watched my grandmother suffer through uh chemotherapy and radiation for probably the last 15 years of her life battling four different times uh cancer had come back and some days where i packed her out of the hospital from these treatments um that if nothing else medicinal cannabis could have uh given her a little bit more of an appetite and took some of the pain away so all right, guys. Uh, the 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 uh, research is out there. the The information is out there to be, you know, to, for you guys to look at out there. Is there a specific website, Red Leg, where people can find um, information on medicinal cannabis? Do you know of? Um, there's there's not one specifically. Um, there's normal N O R M L is is an organization on the forefront of medicinal cannabis and legalizing it what was that the again? research is um it's normal n-o-r-m-l okay and uh, the research is there you can you can type benefits of medicinal cannabis in your computer on any search engine in the world and, right and have an endless supply you know i hear i hear legislators say on a regular basis i need to see more research i need to see more research i need to see more research well, guys, i've asked i've asked a couple of them personally 
do you need to see it or are you actually looking for it? Because I'll bring it to you. Right. You know, and they won't. But this issue in this state falls down to one man. And that man and is. And whether or not he, that man is Ro- Senate President Robert Stivers. You can find him on Twitter at KY Senate Prez. You can call his office at 502-564-3120. I ask you, all of you listening, to to please call. Please tweet him. Let's get this done. Let's not be be the last one to do something in this country for once. Let's let's get our heads out of our butts. uh, We're behind the eight ball already. Let's let's not stop living in the past and get it out there. Right. You know... The research is there. If you want to, if you want to find it, you can find it. Um, I'm living proof that it works. I'm living proof that it improves quality of life. I don't, I don't know what else to do other than to, to beg you to call your, your, even your own state representative, your own state senator here in Kentucky. Call them. Get them to pressure Senate President Stivers. To get this bill to the floor, I don't care if he votes yes on it. He can vote no. Just put it to the floor to, for a vote and watch it pass and watch it get signed into law. Stop criminalizing patients and medicine in this state and give us the opportunity to have a better quality of life than what we have. That's right, guys. Uh, so if, if you guys are listening, let's get the word out there. Let's uh, get pressure up here in the Capitol. Uh, guys, uh, if, if there's nothing more, Red Leg, let's, uh, we're going to move on to uh, our last little segment here, which is uh, List It. Um, and you had brought it up, and we're going to do our, our, our top four all-time favorite Hall of Fame NFL football players. Uh, what do you say? Um, do you want me to go first? Sure. Uh we're gonna topic. get. We're gonna let you go ahead and get give all all four of yours to start out with. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I I thought about this last night quite a bit. My list begins and ends with Deacon Jones. Okay, a guy that I never got to watch play a game of football in my life. Okay. Um, he takes up all four slots. For all me. right, so we'll just go with that then. That's great. You want to tell why? Yeah. Um. When I was over in Iraq at Fob Falcon, my unit got tasked out to pull security for a USO tour. Um, the Redskins cheerleaders came over and a bunch of Hall of Fame football players, Jim Kelly, Bud Grant, and Deacon Jones. Well, I got to pal around with Deacon for, for about a day. And at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't take any autographs or anything like that from him throughout the day. I had a job to do, and that's what I did. At the end of the day, I asked him for one of his Hall of Fame football cards that he was giving out to everybody for an autograph. He said, I don't have one. He said, I'm all out for today. And he didn't have any more with him. They were getting ready to head back to the States. And he was out. He signed my boonie hat. And he gave me his card. And he said, when you get to the, he said, when you get back to the States, he said, call me. He said, I want to talk to you. And when I got back to the States, back to Kentucky, I found this card one day when I was home on leave from Iraq, and I just called him. And he, his wife Elizabeth, answered the phone, and 
she was kind of kind of a little weirded out by this dude from Kentucky calling. Right, right, right I can imagine. <laughs> you know, talking about talking about I met your husband in Iraq. You know, he's the greatest defensive football player in the history of sport. And right, she said, "Hold on," and she put me on hold for a minute or so. I guess she went to talk to him. And he picks up the phone and he said, Redmond, hey, how you doing, buddy? And I'm like, you know, it kind of shocked me that this guy even remembered who I was. Right. And he said, I need you to give me your address. And I gave him my address here in Kentucky. And I went, you know, we, we ended up talking about, you know, the time that he had over there. We probably spent two hours on the phone that day. Wow. Well, about a week later. I'm getting ready to go. I was home on leave for 30 days. About a week later, a package shows up at my mom and dad's house from the Deacon Jones Foundation. Um, it's a great foundation. It's a, they supply college tuition and private school tuition for kids in California um, for their entire life. They take care of them. Um, but I opened this box. And okay. there was some, there was a big calendar on it, the Deacon calendar. There was, there was a book in there that was, um, you know, quotes from Deacon Jones or whatever. Right. He said some of the most off the wall and funny stuff that you could ever imagine. And in the bottom of this box, I don't know what it was. I pulled it out. It was his Hall of Fame jersey. Wow. And he had autographed one of his Hall of Fame jerseys. And sent it to me. That he said, is amazing. Well, he sent me a letter, and I still have it. I have all of it to this day. Everything he sent me. In this letter, he said, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. I ran out of Hall of Fame football cards." He said, "I hope this is a good replacement." Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy's got jokes. So I called him to thank him for it. And the day that I called him to thank him, we spent about two hours on the phone again. Mm-hmm. And when we were getting off the phone, he said, don't be a stranger. He said, I need your, he said, I got your phone number. He said, I'm going to call you sometime. Well, up until Deacon Jones died, he and I would talk every month or so, every couple weeks, every other month, something, you know, there was never, grass never grew underneath our feet. So you have a pretty good relationship with him. I had a really, one of one of the most unprobable relationships ever. I never saw this guy play football. He right. went into the Hall of Fame in 1980 before I was ever born. Right, right. So, you know, I remembered him from being on the X-Files on Fox, head head slapping aliens and stuff. So <laughs> wow. that was that was how I knew Deacon Jones. I couldn't and, imagine. I've never met any, well, any Hall of Fame players before. That is cool. You know, I had a... I had a unique relationship with him, and the day that he died, I get a phone call. On my, I get a phone call, and I realize that's Deacon's number, and I knew that he hadn't been in great health, so I immediately picked it up, and it was his wife on the phone. Wow. And Deacon was a good friend of mine, guys, and she said, she said, Eric, she said, I have something to tell you. And I said, Miss Elizabeth, I said, what can that be? And she said, Deacon passed away this morning. And I said, oh, my goodness. She said, it's going to come out on the news and ESPN very soon. She said, but before he died, he made a list of people to call 
So they didn't have to find out from the news that he had passed. She said, your name is on this list. She said, I just want you to know that you meant a lot to him. She said, and therefore you mean a lot to me. And I've talked to her. I've talked to her through over the next couple of years, a time or two. And just, man, just the most unlikely relationship anybody wow. could ever have. And I racked my brain, you know, last night thinking, who am I going to put on this list of four people? And to put anybody else on that list of favorites to me would be an injustice to Deacon Jones wow. because of who he was to me. How, uh, yeah, that's you, cool as hell. Ju Juice, would you, uh, would you like to follow that? <laughs> well, not particularly, but hell, I'll give it a go. Uh, uh, well, let's hear your top four. <sighs> all right, you want to go back and forth? You or... can go ahead and give me all your top four if you want. Uh, well, number four, I went with Brian Erlacher. Uh, okay. Erlacher's one of those guys that I can just remember probably. I mean, my dad, I think I've mentioned it a couple times, my dad was a is a huge Bears fan, so I grew up a lot watching Erlacher and Lance Briggs and and Peanut Tillman and and that big defensive run that they went on uh, where they ended up in the Super Bowl playing Tony Dungy and the Colts with uh, Levy Smith as the head coach. And right. I just, I don't know, I've always had like an attachment to Erlacher. Like I'm fully willing to admit that Ray Lewis is probably the better middle linebacker out of the two. But oh, yeah. It was Erlacher's style, I guess, like how good he was in coverage. As he well was a safety as, in college yeah, as well. Yeah, the speed and kind of. Something that we really hadn't seen at the linebacker spot up until that point is, I mean, just as uh, he's probably the biggest influence in Sean Lee's career okay. coming from a Cowboys fan. Right. Um, I get that. Uh, so I, I yeah, Erlacher kind of holds a special spot for me. Uh, number three would be LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, probably the best running back I can vividly remember laying eyes on um, for years and years uh, with San Diego. Okay. Number two was Brett Favre. Um, Favre's just one of those guys, like the personality, the gunslinger mentality that right. he had behind center, that he could fit it in. It didn't matter where, how many people were in coverage. And he just kind of, Favre, I, I watched Favre, and even watching back on it now, like he just looks like he's having fun. Yeah. I, A lot of quarterbacks kind of, See, they seem so serious all the time. And, yeah, and Favre was running around jumping on like people. Had, yeah, uh, that's one thing. He, he loved that mox yeah, and the fire he had. Yeah, and and he had an attitude. Like, he was a trash talker. Like, right. And, and I, 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 I love Favre. Okay. Um, then number yeah, one. If there was room on my list, Favre would go there. But yeah. Sorry, Brett. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he lost out to a hell of a story and yeah, a hell of a candidate. I, I can't but, uh, there. Uh, number one uh, would be probably the greatest receiver I've ever laid eyes on. And, I mean, y'all can Jerry Rice me all oh, you shit. want, but uh, Randy Moss is the best receiver I've oh, ever shit. seen. Maybe you've ever seen. Um, I mean, I, I I think Red here could probably, uh, you know, agree, probably agree with me that Rice is probably the greatest I receiver would... we'll ever see. Rice, Moss, um... I mean, I love Moss. Don't give, get me wrong. I give, and and I love them both too. I I give Rice a slight edge over Moss. It's just I don't know the just physically watching him like, and my fiance is from well, her mother's side of the family is from Huntington, uh, right? So him being 
playing at Marshall and kind of making his name there after the whole Florida State scandal and and whatever of him getting kicked out of there and and all the mishaps and he rebounds at Marshall and then completely dominates the NFL from start to finish. Like Moss was definitely uh, uh, athletically probably the most athletically gifted receiver. I've ever seen. I can agree with that. But I, I got to say, Rice, the greatest all-time receiver. Um, yeah, I would give. I, he, it's obvious he's a millennial. He didn't grow up with. <laughs> yeah. The the end of the year Sports Illustrated VHS. Um, yeah. NFL yeah. year in sports that almost. Now you're talking. You remember? You remember Tecmo Bowl too? Oh yeah, I played Tecmo Bowl. I, I bet so he I don't even know what we're talking about. about. I know what Tecmo Bowl. Okay. Is. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you guys my top four real quick. Uh, number four, Eddie George. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, he's former Buckeye. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he's one of only a few running backs in the NFL to rush for uh, a thousand yards in 10 consecutive seasons, by the well, way. You realize you just wasted a spot on Eddie George that you can't get back, right? What right? do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Your top four. Oh, no. He no, belongs. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. No, no you're fine. No, no, I, I number, you. number three, probably one of the greatest offensive linemen in the NFL history. Of course. Definitely. Big, of course, your big ass would use that on an offensive lineman, too. Orlando Pace. Okay. Oh, and I would have done Joe Thomas, but he's not in the <laughs> Hall of Fame yet. Um,. And by the way, Pace is a former Buckeye. Uh, of course, he is. Do you have any non-Buckeyes yeah. yes, on this? I do. List? I do. I do. I see the trend coming. Here. <laughs> I, I have it here now. He has one. He has one non-Buckeye. On you, this oh, okay. You, yeah, you, probably. I got two. I have two. But you guys said we said our favorite. <laughs> favorite. We didn't say who we thought was the greatest Hall of Famer. Just great. Uh, favorite. So, anyway, number two. Juice, I'm I'm right there with you with Brett Favre, pretty much for yeah. the same reasons. He he loved the game. I kind of soured away from him there, there towards the end because he he was starting to piss me off with the, the, the whole retiring and then coming, coming back. back. You know, just make up your mind. But you know what? Why he played? I love watching him play. Um, and then finally, number one, arguably the greatest running back of all time, uh, Jim Brown. He is oh, so Cleveland. you replaced your Buckeyes with the Cleveland guy. <laughs> hey, what it is what it is. He <laughs> is to Cleveland what Elvis is to rock and roll, baby. So Yeah, uh, the damn team's named after he, him. <laughs> yeah, when he named after the yeah. coach. Whatever. Paul Brown. Whatever. Yeah. It wasn't after Jim Brown. I don't know why. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He was a great coach and a great run running back. So anyways. That's my top four, guys. So uh, let's move on this past this. List. Yeah. Um, That's a piss poor list. Don't give him whatever. a pass on that. Whatever. Little junior. We should have ended it with mine. Yeah. Well, when he added the caveat of favorite, well, it's a solid list. We said favorite. We said favorite. Fan. I'm a Buckeye man through and through. I bleed scarlet and gray. You poor thing. I may live in Kentucky, but my uh, my – my t- uh, loyalty is up north, baby. All right, guys. Uh, let's get into the end of the show here. Um, oh, shit. I need whiskey. We're going to uh, 
toast. We're definitely going to toast you, Red Leg. We we uh, love having you on the show. We hope that you would come back on the show again uh, real soon. Uh, Anytime maybe, you want me, I'll come sit in, guys. Maybe whenever we do uh, the NCAA brackets, uh, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, do that. Hopefully, we can do a show in about two weeks, and we can celebrate the passage of House Bill 136 and Senate Bill 92. Wouldn't that be awesome? Either one of those. Either one of those are great bills. We just need to get one of them passed and signed right. to the governor's desk for signing. Let's Hopefully do it, we guys. Can celebrate that in a couple weeks. Let's so, make those phone calls. Let's definitely get on Twitter. Find your representative. Contact them. Let's make this happen. I believe that if enough phone calls are made, enough letters are written, enough tweets are sent, that we can move the needle. You can move the needle. To make this a reality for patients in this state, and we can stop making them criminals and make them healthier. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's put in the work. Uh, so let's let's toast uh, legalization for sure. Legalization of medicinal cannabis. Um, you know, and uh, again, thank you, Red Lake, for being on the show. Thank you for your service. We we are forever indebted to you for your services. Um, and we are forever grateful for it. Uh, so thank you. And if, if you don't mind, we'd like to toast you. I appreciate it, guys. It's been an honor to be on your show. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to tell my story. And cheers, fellas. Hey, if nothing else, I just hope we were practiced so you could tell a bunch more people, too, as well. Uh, well, I, I plan on getting out. You know, a lot of people that know me know my story. This won't be anything new to them. But I hope to be able to tell my story for years to come, and hopefully it's a story from being a being a patient that the state wants to criminalize to a patient that the state actually recognizes. Right, right. So we thank you, Red. So uh, definitely salute to you. Uh, cheers, and let's do it. Oh, that was a big one. Oh. <laughs> I poured more than I thought. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Red Leg. Thank you to anybody that serves. Um, thank you to anybody that is currently serving. And has anybody told you you're beautiful today? Because you might be the best damn looking thing I've seen all day. And we are out.